Time's Darts is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I've got the app on my phone, and you can check it out right now. Again, just download the Game Time app. This isn't that hard, and you'll see. Oh, what's that? I can see my seats, and I can see my view by just clicking on the little view they've got, the in-app photos. Yeah, that's perfect. Is it just for uh, games? Just for tickets to sporting events? No, don't be silly. You've heard me say this sentence many times over. In fact, it's going to sound like I'm reading it. I like basketball, but I love Taylor Swift. Game time is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to shows by artists like T-Swift. At this point, I don't know what you're waiting for. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. that time jersey. We talked a lot this last week about what we could be learning as the Chiefs went to New England to play the New England Patriots in a game that could change the direction of the AFC now and forever. And it kind of almost didn't happen because some equipment got sent to New Jersey. I don't remember who said this or maybe where it's been said every single week for the entirety of a certain podcast's existence, but I'm starting to think the Chiefs only play weird games. They don't know another way. They just don't know it. They just have to make it (laughs) the most complicated, bizarre, odd set of circumstances for every game, every consecutive week since about week four. So, yeah. Um, yeah, welcome to Time's Arts. I'm Nate Taylor. This is Josh Briscoe that you heard earlier, and this is Seth Kaiser, <laughs> who's this laughing. Nate, this is Nate Taylor doing Josh Briscoe's job for him. Because they only no, take the wheel, Nate. Because they take only the play wheel. weird games. And look, for a story that was a story, but really wasn't a story. I mean, why not? Why not have some bags go to New Jersey when when you when you're playing the world champs? I mean, why, why not? I mean, why not shake things up, spice things up, as we say, under the cold atmosphere, but obviously warm in our hearts. And uh, yeah, you know, they warmed up with about an hour to go, as I reported, and everything was fine. So wow, guys, what a what a two to three hour stretch that was uh, Sunday afternoon. It's interesting how different life is for people in the NFL, because I got to tell you, I missed a flight when we were on vacation in Florida, and my bags did not just, you know, get driven to me with a state patrol escort. <laughs> and instead, my bags, it was, oh, it, you know what? It's too long a story. And it's, you know, it's one of those, it's like when you tell people like a dream you had. And it's like, you know, isn't that weird? No, it's boring. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> but it really is fascinating to me. Like, it's like, oh, the stars, they're just like us. They leave their baggage at the airport. It's like, well, they're not just like us because then, it immediately gets found out like we will get you your bags whereas like airlines let's be real they're like oh man that sucks for you huh <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, in oh man australia whoo i don't know what we're gonna do but uh you know provide your address and you know call you know your local affiliate your local affiliate's like uh i don't know dude i don't know 
can you just buy new stuff? Like, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was a weird game. But I mean, seriously, I just I need to start this off because my my first column this week is going to be somewhat I don't know, not negative, but talking about some some of the the rougher stuff. The Chiefs. So it's important to start with this caveat. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs went to Foxborough mm-hmm. and beat the Patriots mm-hmm. with a healthy Brady, yep. with a healthy Edelman. Yep. That. They were 42 and 0 in the last however long with Brady and Edelman both healthy at Foxborough. Mm-hmm. 42 and 0. That is not an easy place to win football games. They won despite their offense still being kind of eh, the Patriots defense is very good. They won despite turning the ball over multiple times. They won despite a block kick. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh that block punt is like the moment I was like oh no, and so exact I just had a really good idea. No, I didn't. I just heard that ding and I wanted to say I had a really good idea. <laughs> was that just the ding? I heard the ding. I was like, ooh, should I make a joke about that? No, Danielle edited it out. But then now we both referenced it, and there's no way. There's no, no way there's to edit not. it out. You're now. welcome, Danielle. I'm sorry, but anyway, the Chiefs marched into Foxborough. They won on the backs of their defense. This team can beat any team in any way they need to. They won because they are the more complete team than the New England Patriots. Uh, also, the defense is just was just straight up better than the Patriots offense by like yeah. a factor of 20. Like it was like that matchup was a blowout and that's wild. So we'll talk about that momentarily. Uh, Nate, just taking over at the beginning of the show, still, I'm not recovered. So I still need to tell you that, uh, as as you know at this point, this is Time's Ours. It's a podcast we do on The Athletic. But I've noticed something going around, guys. There, there are people that listen to these Monday episodes, and they're big fans. And I'm glad that you're listening to these Monday episodes. But if we could ask you to, to consider two different things. If you're just listening to the free episodes and you you have zero extra dollars in your monthly budget, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It should be everywhere for Monday episodes. Those are free to everyone all the time. So if you listen just to the Monday episodes and one one episode of us a week is enough for you, just leave us a review, tell somebody about it, uh, and let them know this podcast exists, and then tell them they can get their first taste for free on Mondays. But also, if you're only listening to the Monday episodes... Do you know we do a Friday one? Because we do. We do this thing two times a week, and uh, we'd love to have you on uh, on Fridays, which is which is for subscribers to the Athletic, which also means you're 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 not getting any of our our uh, columns, any of the film reviews, any of Nate's reporting. So you could also hop on board to the full thing if you go to theathletic.com slash times ours. You can check out the deal we have right now for uh, new subscribers to get in on The Athletic. I said, you know, if you don't have literally any dollars a month, I'm barely exaggerating. $3 a month for the annual plan. We got a discount at theathletic.com slash times ours. If you want to get us two times a week through the rest of the season, maybe through a Super Bowl run, almost certainly through another game in Foxborough. Sure looks that way right now. Uh, We will be doing it. Here twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, the Friday episodes for subscribers to The Athletic. Come on over. And if you're listening to this already, subscribe to The Athletic. Just tell somebody or just hang out. This wasn't for you. You already did the thing. Congratulations. Good job. If I could, like, clink a little glass like we were going to be, you know, cheersing. Is that a thing? Cheersing? I would do it. But the cup (laughs) in my hand is plastic. and, And I'm drinking tea because my throat hurts. 
end end uh, promo begin podcast. <laughs> so what's the story, guys? What what do you want to go to first, Seth? You give us you give us the uh, the overarching. Hey, don't forget they just went to Foxborough and did the thing they never do, and that no young quarterback ever does. And uh, and and that I think is very very important to remember and to keep in mind because there were sort of sloppy points in this game that make you go, Oof, I don't know, that wasn't what I'd like to see in this spot. But they pull off the win. Uh, the defense dominant, and, and the offense still not at full capacity. Uh, I hope, I guess. Um, Nate, you're you're in Foxborough right now. You wrote about the game uh, after the game last night. If I give you that full scope, your first takeaway is what? Yeah, this was supposed to be Brady versus Mahomes part three, and that did not matter. Uh, <laughs> just because. Look, man, um, it's fun when not only you have this job, but, you know, there's so many narratives and there's so many storylines that you're sort of programmed or predetermined to sort of hit on or to beat like a dead horse. Um, And then it's and then it's a joy when it when it, you know, it goes a different direction when we go down a different path. Um, As I said last week, I thought a Chiefs win would be the most compelling thing for the AFC portion of the NFL. Mm -hmm. I believe that the Chiefs would win again. Why would you treat Tom Brady any differently than Joe Flacco? They really, they really did. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, dude, you had that a hundred percent correct. I don't know if people heard that last week, but Nate said, "Yeah, they just need to treat him like Joe Flacco." And I was like, "Oh my God, Nate, people can hear this." Uh, and then they did. Yeah, and then they blissed him they, a lot. They did that? They played tight man coverage, and they basically said, "Beat us, Tom Brady," because we don't believe you. And so. In a locker room where you want people to be expansive, where you want people to show their emotions um, after a win or a loss, where you want guys to be a little more um, revealing than they were, you know, the leak weeding up to said game. Man, I got all that in the locker room last night. Like, oh, everybody on defense was just gloating, was just basking in Tom Brady's tears. Um <laughs> In a way that, like, you rarely see, let alone in Gillette Stadium, as as Seth mentioned before. And so, Frank Clark saying, you know, I hey, anybody want an AFC West champion hat? Like, I got them. You need one? You need one? Hey, those things came on the plane, you know, or came off the truck. We got those bad boys. Um, you know, Tyron Matthew was, you know, dapping up all his, uh, all his guys in the secondary. Anthony Hitchens is quietly criticizing Tom Brady. I mean, it's pretty great. And saying, hey, you know, Steve Spagnuolo gives me, like, full control of the defense now that I kind of know everything. And guess what? Tom Brady can't beat us on these, you know, quirky uh, no-huddle players or these quirky things where he does at the line of scrimmage that, you know, usually get the defense um, in in proper position. Um, Chris Jones saying that, we don't need the offense to win games now. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, that was the story. And so at some point, you just you just hang around those guys and you just ask them, "Hey, you know, uh, how you feel like that?" And just just back <laughs> away, y'all, and just give them space. Uh, so the best part was Frank Clark says in one of his first answers to us as a media group says, "Hey, you know." Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it down. I'm trying to calm it down right now, fellas. I, obviously, you know, I want to say some crazy bleep, but like I, I I'm just trying. I'm looking at somebody on the PR staff. I'm just trying to keep it cool right now. <laughs> then I literally asked Frank Clark, "Hey, man, what did Tom Brady say to you when you were, uh, you know, basically 
destroying him as if he was like a cow to your rodeo. And <laughs> it is the it's the lead of my story. The idea of like um, you know, Tom Brady is has his back on the cold turf at Gillette Stadium, which like rarely happens. And um he is in a subservient position to a dominant Frank Clark. <laughs> and what <laughs> What did uh what what Tom Brady say? He say anything, you know? Because like you know Andrew Luck would congratulate guys when he gets sacked, and and there's all kinds of stories about Philip Rivers and his legendary uh, trash talking that doesn't involve cursing, but sometimes does. And uh, Frank Clark said he didn't say nothing. <laughs> he said it just <laughs> like that. He didn't say nothing, and I was like, oh okay, like like wow. <laughs> so, um, it's just one of those rare cases where uh the game. Kind of went the way I thought, but I just didn't know that, like, oh, this was the overarching theme of this was, like, not only the emotion from the guys on defense, the fact that they've really risen over the last, I bet, I bet month or so. I mean, that Tennessee game is still weird, but outside of that, like, they've been very good. And Chris Jones saying what the guys believe, but voicing it for the first time, I believe, this season. Though we don't need the offense to win games for us as defensive players. Uh, which nobody would have said that a year ago. And I think that's I think yeah. that's something that is really revealing, uh, given where we are in the season for the Chiefs. Seth, I know that you're you're going to be writing in a different direction today, but on the defense, like, I, I love that as the place to begin. Um, not only does, does that we don't need the offense to win this games thing ring true. They were the better unit yesterday, right? Yes. I mean, if it's kind of an interesting game overall, if you look at it, um, the, the, the tone of the game, I always like to go back and look at, uh, the, the drive charts, you know, kind of like the play by play, because it allows mm-hmm. you to kind of get a little more of a look into the ebb and flow of the game. And the offense, if you look, I mean, they, they were fairly successful moving the ball. Um, they they had a couple of plays that obviously, you know, Mahomes threw that pick early, which was just a tough pick. I mean, um, it was interesting. It didn't look like he drove the ball as well as normal. But the, the offense, they, they looked like they were going to get going a few times, and they did do some very good things. And they had a few explosive plays, etc. But the defense overall was consistent throughout the day. So, like, even when the Patriots scored on that first drive, it was through a little bit of trickery and a lot of penalty yards. Like, the Patriots all night, they were never really successful on offense. You know, one of their other touchdowns, they their other touchdown was they got the ball in, like, the red zone and ran a pair of plays that they didn't show the rest of the night. Right? Like, yeah. this was like... You could see the way the best way I can think of it um, is the way Belichick called that game with, you know, not even having a, a, a punt returner deep at one point and then, you know, just just selling out, trying to block it, um, having flea flickers, having running back passes, having all this stuff. He played it like a coach who knows his offense isn't good enough. Who knows, yeah. like, you know, my offense cannot beat this defense. And that's how it played out. And so the defense was consistent all night. And then in the fourth quarter, and this is what I'm going to be writing about, the Chiefs had a pair of three and outs in the fourth quarter. The defense just kept giving them chances to take control. And they kept giving the ball back. Like, hey, nah, guys, sorry, you got to do it. Nah, I'm tired. You know, it's like... It was the equivalent, winning that game was the equivalent of when you're hanging out at your house and your three-year-old's there and you start to smell something 
and your wife and you look at one another and it's like, yeah, no, you know, you got to do it. It's like, no, 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 you got to do it. <laughs> and it becomes someone's job. And eventually it was the defense's job to change the smelly poopy diaper. That's a super relatable story, Seth. You know what? I thought so. It's very good. Yeah. It's very like, good. No, That's very relatable to two thirds of this podcast. That's it's good. It's a very it's a very good analogy, uh, and the yeah the defense the defense seemed like it was changing diapers all night. Like it, it just kept getting things done. You, you mentioned the the short field in the uh, in, in the a couple of plays to make an immediate red zone possession into a touchdown, but like I I honestly I don't know if we can dwell too much on the fact that the Patriots score on that first drive with two big pass interference penalties that were. Meh! Uh, may, maybe. Hey, 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 but you know, Josh, I, I just, I do want to say this uh, real quick. This is why Bill Belichick is one of the greatest of all time. He knows we cannot move the football. He's looked at tape and says, unless dudes fall on the ground, my guys can't get open. It is one of the greatest 7-0 manufactured leads I've right. ever seen where it's like, you're, hey, you're right. I've seen it on tape that where Traverius Ward, eh, sometimes he turns his head around, sometimes he doesn't. Maybe we'll get a PI there. Hey, I've seen on tape that like if you run this route, maybe Bashad Breeland will hold you. Just, you know, just out of like, you know, habit. Hey, guess what? We got yeah. that. And when if we just if we Lord, if we get in the plus area, let's let's just throw out all the trickeration. And like it was and by the way, if you look at that if you look at that touchdown throw, Tom Brady barely got it to Julian Animal, who was wide open, but hmm. sort of revealed like, oh man, this is a forty two year old quarterback on like his second deep throw of the game and like he he just got it to Julian Edelman, um, who had his man beat by, you know, ten yards. Uh, it's a seven nothing lead, and I'm just in the press box, like it's like just put this guy in the Hall of Fame already. Just like he knows, <laughs> he already knows. like he like like all the fans are going crazy, but just just like t- like Bill Belichick is so good at this. Like he knows. Not only do I have to get a lead to like you know create some level of doubt in the Chiefs defense in the Chiefs overall, or like make Mahomes feel like he has a sort of, sort of forced balls downfield, which happened on the next drive. It, it, he's just he's just good at this. He's so it's just like the Patriots completed one pass and they're up seven nothing. Like what? Like huh? Yeah. Just yeah. just just like I wanted to acknowledge that. Like that is brilliant coaching when you know you're at a major disadvantage. No, you're right. And uh, but but for that to be the start, as weird as that was, and then. You know, you immediately get to the point where then Mahomes throws that interception. That's not great. Page gets the ball back, and then things start to kind of get into sync for the Chiefs, especially defensively. The Patriots were successful with with opposing penalties and and trickeration, and that's a that's a crazy thing for them to have to do because and now like late in the game they uh, they had some successful plays that were uh, more successful than the box score ultimately showed because of some whistles and some inability to uh, challenge some things, which also is like a little bit on Belichick of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have challenged that thing earlier, but whatever. Uh, the refs were bad. The refs were horrible. This was a very bad refereeing game, mm-hmm. and if any Patriots fan has come to this side to listen to the podcast today, I'm going to tell you, the referees were terrible. They were equal opportunity terrible. The Nikhil Harry non-touchdown might have been the most and I, I would imagine that was the most infuriating one because, like, that play never gets blown dead. That plays a touchdown, and then they review it 95% of the time, it feels like. 
Um, but but the larger point for me at the, at the top end is that the Patriots were were moving the ball offensively solely through penalties and trick plays. And my entire life, I've only ever seen Tom Brady just drop back and then surgically dissect this defense. So that was new for me. It is a different experience. Um, when you when you all you got to do is just go back and rewatch. And I'm not saying I actually recommend this. Go back and rewatch the AFC Championship last year and Uh-oh, watch no. how things went down in the fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> um, I will not. It's it's just a different. Patriots team, but it's also a different Chiefs team. You know, the mm-hmm. the pressure actually mattered. The Chiefs had a great pass rush last year, but it didn't really affect the Patriots at all. Mm-hmm. This year, mm-hmm. the pressure is getting... I've had a lot of people ask me, is the pass rush better this year? Because they're not getting quite as many sacks, but it seems like they're maybe impacting the game a little more. And so I would say, I don't know if it's better, but I do think it's more consistent and it's harder to remove from the game. Whereas because mm-hmm. of the way Bob Sutton would call things, just basically say, hey, you guys are great pass rushers. I'm just going to line you up and just beat them. There are things you can do to slow that down and get the ball out a little bit quicker. Whereas some of this dialed up pressure, it's there like immediately. Yes. And you yeah. can't just, you know, well, I, I'm, I know I'm going to have still two seconds at least because – Individual pass rushers almost never beat their guy in and hit the quarterback in under two and a half seconds. It's just really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it just, that ball has got to come out immediately. You've got to make the right read, which Brady does. You know, Jeff Schwartz commented on Twitter. He said, you know, Brady's seen everything. That's the difference between him and Flacco is Flacco wasn't seeing anything. Brady sees mm-hmm. everything, but he's just not able to get it out quite quick enough he can't really evade pressure i mean despite his you know very athletic scramble late in the game <laughs> oh god that just made me sick i was like man are they gonna lose because tom brady <laughs> scrambled come on and so it, it, you just see a difference there in the defense they are markedly markedly better than they were last year um especially against the pass, but you know what? Also against the run, because the Patriots tried to get the run going. They tried to, this, it did remind me, once again, you talk about Flacco, it reminded me, and again, look, if any Patriots fans are listening, Tom Brady is much better than Joe Flacco. Calm down. We're talking about immobile quarterbacks. Relax. Anyway, much like the Broncos did, they tried to get the ground game going, right? Because that's what you do to beat the Chiefs, right? You just run the ball a bunch, right? Except... They could not run the ball either, like right. at all. Right. And it was yeah. The Chiefs, the Chiefs run defense. Hashtag actually good. Fight me. Everyone can fight <laughs> yeah. me. I mean, it was impressive. They, I mean, they. You could tell they came early in the game. And again, when you're dealing with a quarterback, you're not worried about roasting you deep, and you got playmakers. You're not worrying about roasting you deep. It's amazing how much easier it is to yeah. stop the run. It's almost like guys. It's almost like the pass sets up the run more than the other way around. One, if well, one that so can't inclined. be true. Well, that can't be it. Well, there's I no mean, way that's it. I mean, I don't know what your analytics say, young fella. <laughs> <laughs> but my, I'm, I'm checking my spreadsheet. I, I didn't actually watch the game. I, I looked. At the 
they would have established the run, this wouldn't have been a problem. They had it hadn't gotten going yet. Seth, yeah. hadn't, the the running game hadn't ground down the Chiefs defense yet. If they would have just run it twenty just more keep, times, just the keep been tired. chopping, just keep chopping. It's <laughs> gonna go. If that tree's keep, gonna fall, fellas, just keep chopping. Fall. Well, what's the magic number? Like teams that run the ball forty <laughs> times win like ninety eight percent of the time. All numbers approximate. Uh, you know they should have just. Yeah. I don't know why teams don't just start off running the ball forty times in a game. It's yeah, magic. It's really easy. That 40th yeah. time, the defense is like, well, I guess we got to let him go by, guys. Like, I don't, I didn't think they'd run us. Somebody just time. turned off the podcast because we were attacking them too personally. I'm like, sorry. Someone, some, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Leave. Bye. <laughs> what are you listening to this I, podcast for? Uh, you, know, you know who we are. Look, 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 fellas. Obviously, I've got 60 running plays in the 1984 playbook, and we run 40 of them straight in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we mock because we care. And that's where, this is where, you know, I actually saw this because I read the reviews because, you know, I have this obsessive need for people to like me. Um, I, you know, very the silliness. Of you. Oh, you know, Josh. Maybe we're not I so I can't wait. I'm going to tease you within an inch of your life. And it's going to be Generations so great. I can't apart, wait because you you're not going to be able to together. help yourself. You're going to make a tase bet on something else. And I mean, <laughs> I am going to see if I can sink that thing all the way into your spine <laughs> and make you dance like a puppet. <laughs> anyway, so between the silliness. I imagine you won't be able to hold the button for too long with your arthritis and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my hand, it's locked up. So, but the, the reality is you can't just well, we're just going to pound and run the ball. It's hard to do. It's hard to run the ball in the NFL, even against bad run defenses. That's one reason why it's so inefficient. And even if you do have a couple of good, like, oh, a five-yard run, a seven-yard run, you're inevitably going to have what happened to the Patriots multiple times. They'd run the ball, stuff. Then they, oh, okay, well, no, no, no. They're a bad run defense, so running on second and 10 or second and nine isn't a bad deal. Then you run, suddenly it's third and 10. And you have yeah. to throw. And so that's one of the yep. reasons, but you know, we, we can joke, we could laugh, but that's one of the reasons the run game is so inherently inefficient, unless you happen to have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and an awesome yeah. offensive line. And Tom Brady is not exactly Lamar Jackson. Again, he did have that great scramble at the end of the game. It was very Jackson-esque of him. It really was. Well, and it's also, I don't know if you're paying attention to the national stories this week, it's just way harder for Tom Brady to hide the ball, you know, whenever he's doing the handoff motion and everything. I think it's unfair, honestly. I hope my silence is my answer in that. (laughs) 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 But I tip my cap to you, sir. (laughs) Total, total, did you see what Lamar Jackson started the game in on Sunday? Of course I did. Of course I did. Chef's kiss. I mean, if anyone didn't see, he came out in white sleeves and and white white gloves gloves for the first half. Hey, hey, by the way. White gloves. And then he made another, then he made another grown man fall to his knees. Like, just (laughs) stop the, like, no more ballots. He's the MVP. Just give him the trophy. Yeah. He's getting MVP. You know, I, I thought it was, like, amazing last year when Patrick started getting MVP chance in Arrowhead Stadium. Lamar Jackson's getting MVP chance on the road. Like, That's what? True. Is That's he LeBron true. James all of a sudden? Like, what is this? <laughs> he's not at the free throw line, but he's also making grown men who, like, have reached the top 1% of their industry fall to their knees in his wake. So to be fair, he probably deserves some MVP chance on the road. I think it's fair. 
uh, also, also the chief, the Chiefs will will absolutely ruin him if he meets this defense in the playoffs. I'm here for it. In fact, you can tase me if no, no, I, no I heard it. No, that one. No, he, that he, was, I well, didn't finish my. Let, let's well if we if if we go to New York and we do the audio version of a of a challenge. Oh, I feel like oh no, I feel like you got to the line of game there, Josh. <laughs> if you if you put last night's crew onto that, I just I just said that you could shove me off the Empire State Building <laughs> if the Chiefs play another football game this year. <laughs> and now they can cut that out. They're going to cut that audio, and they're going to say that that was they're going to lose the context. I'm I'm bleeped. I'm screwed. Yeah, <sighs> you hate to see it. All right, well. You guys are gonna have to find another podcast host to work with you guys, but um, I'll let anyone know. These I don't know. Two are there other podcast hosts out there? I don't think there's very many podcasts. No. So this is the only podcast. <laughs> um. Okay. So and also little little does everyone else know uh, <laughs> that I'm actually the seventh person to work with you guys. Everyone else just quit halfway <laughs> before their first episode. It's like no, I can't do this. Like he keeps he keeps describing gifts, and the other guy keeps doing impressions. Like I'm not doing this. I'm a professional. <laughs> that's that's why Field Yates didn't decide to come over and host this podcast. Oh. Yeah, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for sure. You know the straw that can break your hunger, <laughs> DoorDash. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> Listen, if you've had a long day at work. Maybe your podcast co-hosts have taken away all of your energy so you don't feel like you can leave the house to go pick up some food. Maybe you're stuck at the office late. This I've done this before. I've used this code before. There are solutions to all of these problems. Really, all of life's problems at this point. It's DoorDash, baby. At this point, if you're not if you're not ordering in whenever you are, again, just not wanting to leave the house, maybe you're just crushing it at work, just trying to focus in on, uh, this says boss level, that could be your actual work boss or video game boss. Either way, if you're focused in, you need some nutrients in your body. You got to take care of business in a different way this time. Order with DoorDash. They connect you to all your favorite restaurants in your city, and they'll bring it to your door. Ordering is super easy. If you haven't used DoorDash yet, which apparently some of you haven't because they're still advertising, and you don't need to advertise whenever the whole world's doing it. So get on the bandwagon here. Open up DoorDash. Go download the app in your app store right now. Open up DoorDash, and you can enter the promo code Time. It's gonna change. This is gonna change your whole livelihood here. So our listeners right now can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Time. That's five dollars off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Time. Don't forget that's promo code Time for five dollars off your first order from DoorDash. I'm gonna say this also. I understand, like, oh, but is it more expensive? Is it going to, you know, they, they, they have to deliver it here, and I got to tip the driver and everything. Here's $5 to find out if you like this. I promise that you're going to. Use DoorDash, whatever phone you have, whatever app store you use, download DoorDash, and use the promo code TIME. It'll be the straw that'll break the camel's hunger. I bet that's going to be their new official slogan soon. Of all the people in all the world that make me <laughs> sigh, I... You know, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of open cases where clients say things to me that make me go, <sighs> and Josh, of all the people, it's just, I just, you know, I am My Michael Scott. I am Michael Scott in the legendary gif 
asking Toby, <laughs> "Why are you the way that you are?" <laughs> it was it was a heck of a segue. Well done. You know you know why I'm the way that I am, Seth. It's because I haven't had any breakfast yet today. DoorDash, use the promo code Time. <laughs> Let's talk about the offense. Let's give the offense their fair shake here. Uh, again, you mentioned earlier, Seth, that you're looking at some of the things that aren't necessarily so positive. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had different forms of conversations about the offense in the second half this year. Um, we had uh, the the SmackDown drag out uh, Seth v. Josh a few weeks ago. Um, we've also had it happen and, and had these struggles come through in a variety of ways that I think are are critiquable on multiple levels. Um, I have a, a hunch as to where I think most of the problems came in the second half of this game. But Seth, you're the one writing about it this week, so you tell me what was the Chiefs' problem in this game. And, and whenever you look at the the larger pattern of this season, where does your concern mostly lie with the fact that they have not been as good in second halves of close games? Well. You know, part of it is an issue of desperation. Maybe I mean, you know, they in the second half they're no longer having to score seventy points, which you know they're just not quite as desperate. There are a few things going on against the Patriots. I saw a quote from Patrick Mahomes after the game saying, you know, his hand doesn't feel good, um, and that you know he 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 definitely it affected him on deep throws mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's going to alter what you're doing. Additionally, and I'm glad Tony Romo discussed this during the the broadcast, the the Patriots came in with kind of a different game plan this time. They were running a lot more zone than they normally do. They were they were running a lot of cover two type stuff. And when they were running man, they weren't quite as it just wasn't there weren't as many cover zero snaps. It wasn't quite what they were expecting, which is, you know, the Patriots expect the unexpected. Um but what I saw in the second half is their first drive that 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 fizzled out that ended in the blocked punt. You know they they call a screen to, to Spencer Ware on third and ten or whatever it was, and it just went bad in like every way possible. That one I'm gonna throw out. That's I don't like that call by Reed, but again, there's not a lot of great play calls for third and ten, and then you know the blocked punt, all that stuff. The rest of the game, what I'm seeing so far, and I want to take a really close look here. I'm seeing some execution missteps on plays that are called pretty well. And that's one reason why it's great to have Romo on a broadcast because he'll point out things like, you know, Tyree Kill was open in the end zone there, but the Mm -hmm. interior offensive line caved so quickly, Mahomes just doesn't have time to get it to him. You know, those are things, you know, because you always have people, oh, well, Reed went conservative. Well, why? Well, because they had to punt a couple times. that, That premise does not lead to that conclusion, right? And so... If you're, that's right, we're doing Critical Thinking 101 today. This is great. I love this. You have Mm -hmm. to ask, not only are each of your premises true, but do they logically lead to that conclusion? So if your premises are, you know, that they punted, those premises are true. But that does not necessarily lead to the conclusion that Andy Reid called bad plays. Because you have to remember, there's more reasons plays fail. And so I'm looking Mm -hmm. and I see, Josh and I were actually talking while we were waiting for Nate. Uh, to before we started the podcast, this is, we, uh, that's fair shade this, this for is, you to why throw. Why am I throwing Seth, everyone under the on bus? Time. I'm Baker Mayfield today. I'm yeah, just like you true. know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like that what Nate's doing and Josh, you dang, you know, four year old. He could have packed his bags earlier, even though he was late. 
coming to the hotel late at okay, night when it's cold and I was, I was shivering. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was no. shivering. I was, shiv- I was shivering seven hours ago is the funniest defense of being late ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds legit to me. Fair enough. Nate, I apologize. You backed me up on the poopy diaper analogy. That was fairly weak. So Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Um, uh, is, he, Seth, is Seth the Chiefs' offense? Is it like, hey, like we thought that this was gonna carry us, but honestly, like it's been, it's not been great these last couple of weeks. Okay. Anyway, so Mahomes actually on a third and two on one of the two drives in the fourth quarter that they punted, he missed Hill on on a on a drag where you had kind of a pick play where Reed dialed up the right play to meet beat the man coverage. He had Hill and Kelsey crossing over, and Hill and Kelsey just got right in the defender's way, but didn't hit him. Right? He's just like, oh, no. Oh, you're in the way of my route. What am I going to do? Which is just, Travis Kelsey makes me laugh every time on those. Because you see him just like, oh, 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 as though it's like, oh, this isn't what we drew up at all. Oh, I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe I'm somehow in your way. Oh, sorry, bro. And then Hill was open. When, and in the meantime, there was a little bit of pressure from Mitch Schwartz's side. Mahomes could have gotten the ball out, but he bailed. Um, and it wasn't an easy throw. And before everyone starts saying, oh, Mahomes is terrible. Look, Mahomes took some shots when he hung in the pocket. Yes, he he got hit a lot. And so I can't say I blame him entirely, but things like that, because just think of one third down conversion in that fourth quarter. That takes another couple minutes off the clock. It changes the whole tenor of the game. And so you just saw a few missteps and and just things that weren't quite as crisp as they need to be. Part of it is Mahomes. He still does not trust that line. And he did what he had to do when the Chiefs were losing, right? He hung in and he said, okay, I'm going to get walloped on this third and 19, but I'm going to find Tyreek Hill, which was an unbelievable play. And then right after that, finds McCole Hardman, who, by the way, should be on the field. Like, Nate, I think you tweeted about this during the game, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. This, that's me banging on my desk because I'm too angry for words. Go ahead, sorry. I, I have a theory yeah. on this, but 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 yes, go, but yes. In, in, in large, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he just, look, Sammy Watkins was a big part of the game plan, and he had a couple of nice catches, but I'll just tell you, Watkins, I don't know if he's struggling with a little something, if he's a little nicked up. He does not look as explosive as he looked earlier this year or last year or the year before he just doesn't look quite as explosive I mean they're you know they they, they ran a slant to him on a, on a third and ten where the idea is hey man power forward get that first down and he got tackled two yards short and I get it the Patriots are, part of it guys just the Patriots are a really good team on they're defense. good yeah mm-hmm. they're extremely mm-hmm. well coached mm-hmm. they're talented they do everything right they, they, they don't make the same mistakes a lot of teams do. So that's part of it. That might even be 50% of it. The other part, Mahomes, he knew they had the lead, and you could see he's like, God, I don't feel like getting hit again. Like, this is like, he was getting walloped. And some of it, again, you know, Sammy's got to really go for that. And really, they had, it was fourth and two, and they're like, you know, in, they're getting there. Maybe they didn't need to kick a field goal. I'm just throwing that out there. Josh, do you have feelings about that? No, I don't. In fact, I've been told that taking the points is good, even whenever it's taking fewer points than you uh, could be getting. So, uh, you know, three points in the hand better than seven points in the bush, I guess. I don't know. No, I feel nothing, Seth. I feel nothing. I'm dead inside. <laughs> um, and so, 
yeah, oh, those, those things are all those things are all part of it. I actually was just going to sum up. So Nate, you go ahead. Wow, I am really dragging this podcast down lately. No, no, <laughs> stop it, stop it. Get you know, stay with us. Um, so I have I have two thoughts. One that's like actually informative, and one that's like kind of a theory. And uh, to be fair, I posed it on my wife last night. So whenever you do that, you just got to tell everybody else. Um, <laughs> honey, honey, tell me if this sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So hey, I do that too. Yeah. So, all right. So it's, it's third 10. It's their final play. Um, much like you said, Seth, Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to get hit. Doesn't want to take a sack either. Like you don't want to go backwards when, you right. know, the team – is needing a touchdown to at least tie the game or force it to overtime. And in, in because of what happened last year with the Chargers, I'm always convinced that, like, hey, if the Chiefs are up by one score and the team's driving the ball down for a dramatic conclusion, they will go for two. Um, so, and I thought, and I really thought Bill Belichick was going to do that. So it, you have oh, to be, yeah. you have to be time and score situational. Um, on third and 10, it is the, it is the correct play. Like, Andy Reid knows, okay, I get a first down here. I could we could really milk this for another two minutes at least and then really force their hands because then the Patriots will for, you know call a timeout. They'll have to use a two-minute warning. If Tom Brady even gets the ball, if we convert on this third and ten with like 540 left to go, um, they aren't gonna have any timeouts and like that offense, that ain't they ain't built to go down the field really quick. Um mm-hmm. third and ten, he throws the ball to Tyree Kill on, on a crosser out. CBS wisely, and I saw this in real time because Travis Kelsey came off the field. It's the last offensive play for the Chiefs outside of them kneeling, obviously. Um, but the last real play for the Chiefs on offense, and Travis Kelsey has his hands on his helmet as if like the Chiefs yep. just lost the game. And he goes to the sideline, and let me explain this to you guys, uh, to our listeners. He goes on all fours, he falls to his knees on the sideline because he's like, Andy Reid called my number. It's the perfect play. And as I describe it, Travis Kelsey runs what essentially is a seven-yard out, which is designed for the def- you know the defensive back to say, oh, great, he's running you know ahead of the – he's running before the sticks. I must make the tackle, you know, if the ball's arriving. And they use that information, and it's an out and up, and he's wide open. I wouldn't say he would score a touchdown, even if the ball's perfect, because we know Travis Kelsey doesn't have – he has great speed, but not like breakaway speed. But he's he's running an out route before the sticks, and it's an up, and there's nobody on that side of the field. So just be aware that Mitchell Schwartz kind of gets beat on the play, or it's or it's a it's not a plus, it's not a negative, but that you know the pressure from the right forces you know Patrick Mahomes to basically dump off the ball with the Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey knows it. Now. For my theory that I posed to Holly Taylor late last night leaving uh, Gillette Stadium, that was the first real play that I think the Chiefs ran in like two and a half, maybe three series. Everyone in that locker room believes to a man that they will see the Patriots in about a month, divisional round, somewhere in there, whether it's in Arrowhead or Gillette Stadium. Because of the play calling in the second and third quarters, and I and I encourage our listeners to really rewatch the game from last night in the second quarter. Andy Reed basically was like, all right, here's a bunch of plays that we haven't shown in literally a month or all season. Like, Hey, full house backfields. Hey, yep. uh, pistols with like Tyree kill as like the running back or Tyree Hill running routes as a running back in the running back position. 
Um, these are all things that basically... So, what Andy Reid is telling you is that I prepared for this game, and I thought we could beat the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Texans with, like, our conventional playbook. Not the real creative, you know, bedazzled stuff. Um, not the bells and whistles. Travis Kelsey, former high school quarterback, scores a touchdown on a, on a running play. He handles a read... RPO option better than half the quarterbacks in this league, it, it, it looked like. Right. And then once that happened, Andrew was like, cool, well, we're going to see these guys in a month, so don't show them anything else. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like pretty convinced. Again, again, no one has told me this. This is purely speculation. My wife seemed to think, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And so I just, mm-hmm. I really believe in my heart uh, the Chiefs put some things on tape. For Bill Belichick to look at, but they didn't put everything on tape for him to look at so that he can prepare his guys if they do meet again or if they see Baltimore or whoever they see in the playoffs now that they're the AFC West divisional champs. Essentially, guys, I know you hate that, you know, Andy Reid can be conservative at times, but it's also because I think he trusts his defense way more than he did a year ago to where he doesn't necessarily have to you know, disperse every, you know, bomb play that he's been drawing up or that has been in the in the in the sealed vault for, you know, however many months into the season. I think in some ways he wants to be conservative when his team has a lead, especially when you're on the road, when you can see opponent for a second straight time. And in some ways it's like, hey, the defense has played well tonight. Let me let me let me rely on them. My eyes tell me Tom Brady can't do what he used to be able to do. They don't have the weapons to get the ball uh, down the field as quickly as they normally would in these, you know, you know, got to have it situations. So I think it goes hand in hand. And I really feel like Andy Reid will have plays that we still haven't seen in January, which is like half the battle as long as his offense stays fully healthy. Seth, do you do you uh, are you as a pro conspiracy theory as Holly? I, you know, I would never deign to disagree with Holly about anything. So. She uh, Every time I've spoken with her, she has been right about every subject that we've spoken about. So I highly doubt she's going to... This is a smart man, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm putting this up on a T for you, Nate, to agree with me. And just like, you're absolutely right, man. Um... So the the, the deal is, I I can see that. Because that second quarter, if you look, you saw a lot more. And then another thing you saw throughout the game, Tyreek Hill was suddenly in motion all over the field again after weeks of like, man, why aren't the Chiefs doing that? Like... That's something yeah. they did a ton last year that was really successful, and you haven't seen as much of it. And then suddenly against the Patriots, they brush it off a little bit. And then, like you said, that second quarter, they kind of poured it on a bit. You saw a few things, a few formations, a few route combinations you haven't seen a lot of or any of. And I could maybe get behind the idea that they said, all right, cool. And we're not going to unveil any new stuff. And so where I... Where I try to divvy that up for people, because some people hear that and they go, well, that's Andy Reid going into his shell, and that's why the offense wasn't working. But no, the play calls they had, and I'm glad you mentioned that Kelsey play, because that is something I'm going to talk about. Not necessarily as a denigration of Mahomes, but, you know, that if Mahomes throws that ball to Kelsey, that's game. It is, because Mm -hmm. he would have gone a ways, because there wasn't anybody there. There was nobody there. And, so, so, and you're right. Maybe they. Maybe if that if the play is completed, perhaps the Chiefs are already in field goal range to where they can at least kick a field goal and be up, right. you know, two scores and basically snuff the game out. 
Right. And, and, you know, Mahomes went, you know, trying to get to, to Hill going across the field, which you never know. He'll turn the corner three or four times to get first downs. And so it's not a bad, bad play call to have Hill cross the field, try to get into space. Um, and so the big thing is to try to divvy up between, you know, what's real and what isn't. And I do think it's real that the Chiefs might have, you know, relaxed a little bit. But I also think that it's real that there's some serious execution errors. It always seems like, um, it's almost like if you go back to the Alex Smith era, it was always one thing or another with the offense, right? Outside of a few dominant stretches. It was always, well, you know, man, this play was almost there, except the interior line gave up pressure. This play was almost there, except the receiver ran the wrong route. Or the pass was a little off. Or happy feet in the pocket. Blah, 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 whatever. And it felt a little bit like that in the fourth quarter, you had these plays where they were just almost there. And and it just, they, they've got to tighten that up because even when Andy Reed isn't dialing up this crazy stuff, the stuff they did dial up should have worked. And that's where you, you've got the, when people say, well, is it Andy Reed or is it the, you know, the players and the correct am- answer is sort of like a, well, yes, you know, right. yes, Reed did get a little more conservative, but he did call plays that worked. And so then it becomes mm-hmm. on the offense to execute those plays. And again, it, it they, they won, and so it's all good. And I personally think, you know, had the Chiefs been in a tie game or losing on that particular third down you're talking about, and what's worth noting, because it was a third and nine, it should have been third and four, and Eric Fisher false started. And it was like, oh my right. God, really? Like, right. Of all the moments, because you're, you're the play calls you have available to you, I'm curious what Reed had dialed up for third and four. Right. Because that's a very different down and distance. Your, your your options on third and nine are limited. And so, but I think had they had been tied or had they been losing, I think Mahomes goes over the top to Kelsey there. Because like you said, Kelsey, he is a, he's a demonstrative dude. He is... When he doesn't get the ball and he thinks he's open, and people used to always think he was like showing up Alex Smith. Travis Kelsey loves Alex Smith. No, that dude, that dude just, just, he just cares, man. He just cares and shows it and does not, does not, like you may think it's showing him, showing up, teammates, coaches, whatever. That dude's just like, I, I, the ball's in my hands. I feel like I can win. And I can do my job and like, please let me do my job. (laughs) Well, he probably, yeah, please let me do my job. Well, and I'm sure he wanted to redeem himself for the fumble, which that's another thing I'm going to be writing about. Because if Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble that ball, the Chiefs are on their way to scoring there. Um, Maybe a touchdown, maybe a field goal. And I'm sure he wanted a chance to redeem himself because he really didn't get it. Right? Like that was his last big play of the game. Yeah. The one other thing there with within within all of that that whole ecosystem of like well you know if the if the game would have gotten closer it should have it should have gotten closer uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter because that fumble should have been a touchdown and then on that Patriots drive they also should have had a touchdown like that Nikhil Harry play should have been a touchdown those are both the same seven points right like right. that the, the Patriots didn't get screwed out of two separate possessions or whatever right but the game really should have become a, a much closer game instead of them kicking the field goal and they get 23 to 16 uh, it should have been 23 to 20 at the end of that drive with the Nikhil Harry touchdown so like I, I you say that Andy Reid has more confidence in the defense than he did last year. That's justified. I just like more than a two possession game before before going to the more conservative show a little less playbook of stuff that still works wouldn't hurt my feelings any. Like ten points against the Patriots, even in twenty nineteen, just doesn't feel like that much. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's completely 
um, reasonable. And the the whole it happened so fast. But, but for this damn team, I I, I know it makes me nervous. I know, but, but again, welcome to the welcome to the you know the upside down version of of whatever chief season you know that we all sort of predicted. Right. I mean, we we are. I mean, not to. I mean. Hopefully, people have watched Stranger Things. It's an amazing show. But, like, we are in season two where it's just like, okay, everything is backwards. Everything is upside down. Like, wh- like there's Dima dogs now? What? <laughs> so that's that's kind of where we are. Seth, I cut you off, but I, I uh, to make that point and also to let you know, you have 10 seconds to finish your point. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are both still good, everyone. How dare you? <laughs> All right, we don't have time to talk about the refs specifically. Uh, so if you'd like to hear ref talk, could I suggest going to listen to the Razor Show? It's the Athletics Patriots podcast. Uh, you can tune in every week, but I would suggest tuning in today. I will be t- checking it out today because I'll be very curious to see where they uh, where they divvy up their time because the Patriots definitely had a, a touchdown taken away there on that drive I just mentioned. Also, the refs were bad all night long for everybody. It was a nightmare. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more on, on Friday. For uh, subscribers to The Athletic, again, if you're not right now, go to theathletic.com slash timesrs, and you can uh, get our deal right now. Again, that's theathletic.com slash timesrs, or timesours, because there's no apostrophe in the URL. You can uh, get a deal to make sure you're getting Friday episodes, getting uh, Nate's article from uh, last night, Seth's article coming out this week. I'll have a column later this week. All of that for uh, subscribers to The Athletic. Plus, you can follow all of us on Twitter at ByNateTaylor, at RealMNChiefsFan, at JBBriscoe. You can use the hashtag TimeZars. Nate, get us out of here. Everyone, this is purely for dramatic taste. Uh, this is the conversation between Roger Goodell and Bill Belichick <laughs> at around 2 o'clock yesterday, Eastern Standard Time. <sighs> hey, Bill, I know you're getting your guys prepared. Look... We look. We already we understood the tripping calls, and we and we understand that there are people who believe certain things that we both know is not to be true. Yeah, and so what are you saying, Bill? We really need we really need you to 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 call your friends in the in the in law enforcement because <laughs> if we don't get the chief's bags here, more people will will be uh, conspiratorial to the entire framework of this league. I mean, attention to details. Uh, you know, they should be disciplined. <laughs> they, they, should, you know, I would, you know, when you get off the plane and get your bags, uh, go, go get your bags. Why, why, why do you need to be involved? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a good football team. They should be disciplined. Good. Bill, can you just give us a number? <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's a number. Bye. They're a good team. Is the number not 911? <laughs> I don't know. It should have been. <sighs>